Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Chris, did you want to do a welcome back? Welcome back, everybody. We are once again joined by Chris Taylor, which is fantastic because Russ and I can't talk about music. And, and I barely can, so... I mean, I could talk about the Foo Fighters, <laughs> I guess. I, I think it's just Foo Fighters. No the... Oh, my word. Podcast over. <laughs> anyway, we are here today to talk about Romancing Saga 1. Yeah. Uh, which is a sequel to the Final Fantasy Legends series. Yeah, that's... One way of tricky. putting it. <laughs> yep. So, we will begin, as we always begin, with personal history. some personal history runs i don't have personal history with this like i do most games we talk about because this was a super nintendo game that didn't come out in the united states until it got a ps2 remake and full disclosure that's what i played for this review was the ps2 remake same here so it came out in 1992 for the super nintendo i don't have a personal history so we'll do a little story of it came out in 92 uh never came to the u.s the playstation 2 remake which is romancing saga minstrel song minstrel song came out in 2005 it's hard to say minstrel song is and it sounds pro- it sounds like it's going to be problematic it does yes <laughs> Yeah, um, that's what I was getting. <laughs> so yeah, it came out in 2005. That's what I also played. Yeah. Although you can get a translated version of the Super Nintendo version. That's what now. I was going to ask. Is there a full translation? There is a fan that? translation. Okay. Uh, it's weird that at this point they have done official translations of two and three, but not one. I kind of wish I had played the SNES version instead. Maybe I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say enjoyed it more. Maybe I could have enjoyed it, period. It's probably quicker. That's a big thing about Super Nintendo versus PS2. you got to watch all the animations play out. Chris, do you have any personal history with the game? None, really. I played the... I have the whole Final Fantasy Legend trilogy on Game Boy, and I played those, and then when I found out that they were Saga games, then I was like, oh, cool. I like Saga games then because I like these. And so I actually ended up buying all three of the games on... Super Famicom, so I actually had this game at home, but the fan translation for it didn't seem to be available for a long time. I don't know. Maybe I just couldn't find it. And so, yeah, I only recently played it on the the SNES at, you know, for the first time, like, a little while ago, and I was like, this is very different and weird. And uh, I actually just mostly watch gameplay videos for the purposes of the review. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Uh, there are actually people when this game came out, and we might be jumping topics here a little bit, but it's our show. We can do that. Yeah. There are people that when the game came out that did not understand how to play it, which is fair because right. the game does not do a good job of explaining to you how to play it. And they thought you just, you start the game and then you just walk around and grind until you hit a certain level and you can go fight the end <laughs> boss. And that is not what this game no. is. But I don't blame people for getting that wrong. Yeah. I don't know how people played this game or games like this in the past Without before the there internet? was the internet it's got to be the instruction books right like yeah. it has to be like the instruction somewhere. book would have to be the size of a book yeah book. it's why like fantasy star 2 and earthbound came with, with complete guide. strategy guides mm-hmm. to just tell you what to do so let's go ahead and move on to story and characters which like this game will work a little differently than normal <laughs> I can't pop a piece of paper and give you a one or two sentence description 
uh, which I really like to do. I, I you do like to pop a piece of paper. I do like to pop the paper. I also do like to try and like distill down the essence of a story into a couple of sentences. Yeah. That's fun for me. But this game is very different than normal. So we're going to talk about why it's different and why it's very hard to do that. Because you have to think of it less like a JRPG and more like a CRPG. And for those of the, by which I mean games like Baldur's Gate or even Witcher 3, right? Skyrim. Those are good games. They're all good <laughs> <Yeah>. games. <laughs> But that's how this game is configured, <laughs> right? It is a big open world, and all throughout the world are quests. These quests aren't really... Some of them are connected to other quests. A lot of them stand alone. You pick your character from a list of like eight possible eight. starting characters. Mm -hmm. You spend about 20 minutes of story with your character before they're kind of just dumped in the world. And that's the end of the character experience, mostly. There are over 100 quests in this game. Each character has one or two quests that they will react differently to because they are that character. But that's it. Yeah. There is no main storyline, unlike Witcher 3, Baldur's Gate, any Skyrim. There is no main storyline. It is just you travel the world doing all these mini quests until you find the quest for the end of the game. Which is very confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. Like, so I played the pirate. Uh, Hawk is his name. Mm -hmm. Because you don't get to do pirates very often in JRPGs, and that seems like fun. So I played him, and it was a good 20 minutes of playing Hawk. <laughs> and then I was just dropped into the game. And the very first thing I did, the very first thing my Pirate of the Seas did, was run into a town on the other side of the world, go into the police station and say, I hear you have some missing people. I'd like to assist you. <laughs> huh? Like most pirates do. Yeah. Much of the actual gameplay, you are searching for story. Right. You are searching for these quests. Pirates are very known throughout history for their vigilantism. <laughs> <laughs> and working with law enforcement. Exactly. Yes, right. Assisting authority figures, yeah. Yeah. Um, what you bring up kind of a good point of what bothers me about the saga games like this is that you can just wander into a quest. <laughs> and you don't realize that that's what you're doing and as someone who likes to prepare for everything i like to make sure i have all my equipment set up have all of my magic set up and everything and just wandering into a building and being like this is the police station and where do we have some missing <laughs> children i don't like it so there are i don't like this game i did not enjoy playing it there are two main reasons why this is so two things that if they had changed this entire game would have been a very different experience for me and i'm okay i don't know that it belongs in story and characters but we'll address it again we're having a free-form discussion like, much like this game yeah like the game <laughs> we're not pinning this down as much as usual so i i've mentioned there's no main storyline in a game where you have hundreds of mini quests to choose from a main storyline is important because when you feel lost, when you feel not sure where to go next, I've been doing these side quests, I don't know, should I keep doing side quests? It's nice to have a main story that you can just progress a little bit so that you it gives you an anchor. It gives you mm -hmm. a sense of direction. Right. You know when I'm lost and I don't know what to do next, I can always go back and do a bit of that. The other thing, they tried something new and I appreciate what they tried to do with it, but it it makes the game impossible for me to enjoy playing. Combat advances the t time of the world. Mm, yes. So 
there's a basically in the game there's a hidden clock right. and every time you get into a random encounter that clock ticks forward one some subquests are only available at certain points yeah. on this hidden clock so time advances and every time you get into a battle there's a possibility that you've just locked yourself out of certain quests because yeah. you've had too many battles there are some that yeah. have a very very short window of opportunity and you literally can't do there's one character in particular albert who has a longer intro than any of the other characters and you like literally can't do that quest with him because the window is so small yeah uh there are also quests where you know this quest is go explore this dungeon by the way if you get into like 10 combats in that dungeon you will not be able to finish the quest because you will have advanced the right. clock and failed the quest mm. And the dungeons like to spring traps on you where, yeah. let's open this door and see what's behind it. 50 monsters come running at you and you're like, oh God, run, 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 run. Which is a shame because the combat system, which we'll talk about very shortly, is very interesting and there's mm -hmm. a lot there. But there's this pressure of every time you get into a combat, you have failed. Yeah. Because now you've advanced the timer and you haven't done all the quests that you want to do. Yeah. So not only do you not know where you're going because there's no main storyline, but there's a penalty to wandering around and grinding, which locks mm -hmm. you out of content. Right. These two facts together made playing this game very stressful for me. And it is the first game for Home on the RNG that I did not finish. I, just, oh, I simply couldn't. How dare you? Wow. I sunk several I sunk several hours into it, probably about 10, 15 hours. Okay. And then I just, it was a miserable experience for me sitting on the edge of my seat going, please don't get into a combat because I have to get to the other <laughs> end of the world to do the next quest that has nothing to do with yeah. my character goals or anything else. And the only reason I know where these quests are is because I'm reading a guide on the internet. It's true. So go ahead. No, I was just going to add that the 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 weirdness of having that clock that ticks by and takes the quests away from you is that it is also in a game where all of your stat ups are random. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you would want to grind more because you only have a small percentage of increasing like one stat at the end of each battle. Yeah. And yet you can't really grind if you want to complete all of the quests. And you know what? I don't. I even like the idea or the concept of a game with a world timer where things progress, yeah. right? But it should have been tied. And this is just off the my off the cuff. I'm not a video game designer. But if they had tied it to the number of quests you'd completed, mm -hmm. or just made it transparent in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Either something that you could measure, but if you did it to number of quests completed, then I feel like you could come up with more of a strategy for how to approach this mm -hmm. game. Oh, I know I can do these five quests, but don't do that one yet. I'll do that one later. As opposed to just run, run, hide from the enemies. <laughs> oh my God, no, they want to fight me. I can't fight, except I have to beat this boss and I'm too weak to beat this boss. Yeah. So this game is between 30 and 74 hours long, <laughs> depending on how you play it. 74 is very specific. Is that from something uh, yeah so, so i go to a website called how long to beat oh, okay to get the average run times of games but it's not a minute over <laughs> 74 hours <laughs> I do, and 59 minutes and 59 seconds something like that okay. i do average some of the times a little bit because how long to beat has three categories one is essentially the any percent but not a speed run Mm -hmm. It's like if you just sat down and just went from the beginning of the game to the end of the game doing nothing special, Okay, it's 30 hours. 
Then they have what that's called main or main story. Then they have main story with extras, which is the category I almost always fall into. This is, oh yeah, I'll do most of the side quests except for the few that are like impossible or require hours of grind. Like, I have a limit. Like dodging lightning bolts. Yes, I'm not okay. going to do that. Like getting the shampoo in Baton Kaitos. <laughs> I've never played Baton Kaitos. Oh well, uh, it also has an in-game timer. And if you want 100% of the items in the game, one of them requires two weeks of real-world time to pass in the in-game timer. <laughs> See, and and it's a bottle of shampoo. <laughs> certain things like that, I just say that's not for me. Which, so. which by the way, means that the fastest possible speedrun of that game in the 100% category <laughs> is two real-world weeks. Wow. I guess that's why I've never seen that speed run. <laughs> I, I know people who have done it. Okay. <laughs> and then they're, they're probably not going to show it on like games done quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the final category is completionist. It's it's sure. the hundred hours. Yeah. That um, reminds me of this is a total tangent, but have either of you heard or played Analog a Hate Story? I have not. It's a visual novel thing on Steam. You can get it on Steam, and one of the requests that you have to do is bake a cake. And you're supposed to go bake a real cake in real life and then <laughs> upload a photo. Wow. Yeah. So that that's where these numbers come from is I try to average out main and main plus extra. I try not to include completionist because that's often absurd. Um, go ahead and talk about something. No, I want is... you to dodge the lightning bolts <laughs> in every... That's your punishment for not completing this game? Is it when we review Final Fantasy X in the year of our Lord 2032? Four, you have to do the lightning bolts. Your punishment is you have to finish Final Fantasy Tactics and yeah. every other game that you okay. haven't finished for this series. Veto. <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and move on to something that I think this game does do fairly well, which is the combat. Yeah, combat is fun. There is a lot going on in the combat system. Like, a lot, a lot. Uh, you have attack skills that use BP, which builds per character, which is kind of like the system we saw in Skies of Arcadia, mm -hmm. where your special meter builds up uh, over the course of combat. There are also skills that reduce the durability on your weapon, mm -hmm. because weapons have durability. And then there are skills that might reduce the durability on your weapon. Test your luck. Yeah. This game, this feels like the in-between series of like Saga on the Game Boy and then Saga Frontier on the PlayStation because it's like they're doing the weapon durability of Saga on Game Boy and then also the BP or WP or whatever you want to call it which they then had Saga Frontier. And they're trying to do both at the same time. It's almost like and it's this a lot game to manage. is between those two. It is, <laughs> it is definitely between those, yes. There are ten schools of magic in the game, and it's divided into five opposing schools. Uh, nobody can use a spell from a school and the opposing school. Right. So basically nobody can have more than five schools of magic. You can't do fire and water magic. Yeah. But it only gets confusing when you're trying to choose between, like, illusions and bewitchery. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which I don't know if those are opposing schools. I did not memorize all of that. Well, but... luckily, when you look at your character sheet, like, it shows them as opposed. Sure, it it yes. lists the skills. But, like, what schools. is bewitchery compared to cosmology? <laughs> 
Uh, you learn new skills randomly through like a, a flash of genius glimmers. system. Glimmers. Glimmers. Basically, you use by using your current skills, certain skills will have a percentage chance to unlock you learning a new skill. Right. So you want to use all the skills you have as much as you can yeah. because you might learn new skills that you can then use Because, as of much course, it's can. hidden from you that sometimes mm -hmm. you have to use this skill to learn this skill, which then leads to this skill. Yeah, it's a lot of learn as you go because the game does not, like, identify... By the way, there's a plus symbol next to this skill, which yeah. means you could learn another skill from it. No, there's no way of knowing what right, you could learn. Right, and oh. there, and it's for individual weapons, and there are like 20 different weapons. Oh yeah, that you can. So many weapons, so many weapon categories. There are like short swords, long swords, foils, scimitars, bastard swords. Yeah, mm -hmm. health is fully restored between battles. This is. I feel like this is slightly more common today. But it's still not a very usual mechanic right. to just I have be full. Always health. liked this. This is the thing that I've always liked about saga games. Um, and again, it's not all saga games, but like all of the romancing sagas, and like Saga Frontier, you're restored, which after battle, which, and you can also heal yourself in battle. Mm -hmm. You can like revive your character with just a healing item. It really changes the dynamic of a dungeon dive, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, f I almost feel like playing a JRPG, the experience of going into a dungeon, and by dungeon I mean anything that is multi-level, find the boss at the bottom of the it. The sewers. Yeah. It's the sewers. <laughs> sewers, airships, castles, fortresses, what have you. I'm calling them all dungeons for this. But the idea of you getting all the way to the end of the dungeon and trying to ration out your healing items and your healing magic and beating the boss and then going, all right, now I got to find a way out of here while I while limp out of this dungeon. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a quintessential part of the JRPG experience. And that's completely gone when you do something like this. But of course, they balance it out <laughs> with LP. Yes. The <laughs> so besides your HP, which are regular hit points, like you would have in a regular mm -hmm. RPG, you also have LP, or life points, um, and each character has a specific number of life points, and if you run out of all of those life, so every time you're KO'd, you, use a li you, you, you lose, I can't talk either today, you lose a life point, and if you are hit while you're down, like you can still be targeted mm -hmm. by enemies while you're KO'd, and if you're hit then, you lose another life point, and if you lose all your life points, you are dead. So, so far... You're dead. <laughs> so far in combat, we've talked about HP, BP, WP, and LP. Are we sure this is not a Tails game? <laughs> <laughs> We're not using the limbs system of battle. <laughs> Similar to Glimmers, characters can often perform combo attacks with other characters. If you have one mm -hmm. person in your party use one skill, and somebody else in your party uses another skill, if the skills are compatible there is a chance they will team up and do a combo attack. But again, it won't always happen even if you pick the right skills. Right, it has And there's to be no the... way to know what the right skills are. Right. That's uh, Fantasy Star 4 rules. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that one. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what they got there. Yeah, you have to... Well, in this one, you have to have those characters that are using the skills go in a specific order and you cannot have any other character go between them yeah, that's, or enemy go well and fantasy them. star 4 gets around that by letting you set up macros so that i love the macros, yeah, the macros i wish good. every game did macros like yeah. that 
And I wish that it had more combos. It has very few of them, but that's that's the way to guarantee them to happen is to set them up in a macro. Yeah. We're talking about a better game now. Yeah, we're talking about a really good game. So. Sorry. No, you're perfectly <laughs> fine. Uh, because the only other thing I can think to talk about in combat is that it's the standard for the Saga series of you level up skills by using them. Right. Uh, although it also feels a little random. But, like, you can make your magic stronger by repeatedly casting magic. You can get your health up by taking hits. These sorts mm-hmm. of things. Which I always like as an idea, but I, I have not seen it work in practice yeah. in a way that I really enjoy. I kind of just prefer straight levels. I definitely prefer straight levels. Yeah, I think having straight levels... I think a game that has straight levels, but then... I do like unlocking the new weapon skills based on weapons. I like that system. So if you were still giving me regular levels where my stats were going up, you know, within a range every time I gained level, but also gave me the, like, unlocking weapon skills, I think that would be good. Yeah. Personally, I like the way uh, Luffy, uh, The Legend Returns on the Game Boy Color does it. In that they have magic using characters who ha- who can equip weapons, which raise their attack power by a lot, or like a crystal ball, which mm-hmm. lowers mm-hmm. their attack power but raises their magic power, and you can just swap between the two as you as you want. Very nice. Yep, I remember but they that. but they still gain like you know stats per level. I like that system a lot. So basically, anything but romancing saga one. Yes. Okay. Uh, We're going to name every um, good game. That's true. I do, I will say, keeping it within Saga, I feel like romancing Saga 1 kind of does it the worst. Like, I was thinking about this because, you know, I've been playing Final Fantasy Legend 2 to this very day. And in Final Fantasy Legend 2, you gain stats based on the actions you take in battle but the stats that you gain are specifically based on the actions so if you're using magic you gain mana if you use a strength based weapon you gain strength if you use an agility based weapon you gain agility yeah this romancing saga one and other saga games it's really random like the stat ups you're getting are really you might get like a point of charisma and you're like why (laughs) why did that even happen or you might have cast magic all battle and then you get some strength and it's like, why did that happen? And in Final Fantasy Legend 2, you have so much control over the way your characters grow. And even, I like uh, Final Fantasy Legend 1 system, where if you choose a human character, you purchase stats you throughout do. the game. Or if you choose a mutant, then, or an esper, depending mm-hmm. on what translation you're playing, it will do that system of, like, yeah, raising what you use. Yeah. Or, and it is kind of random there, too. So it's know. random, but it's still, like, you get mana for using magic. Yeah, and you exactly. get all of that, which is weird because those games came before these games exactly (laughs) so do we have any other areas of combat to discuss i mean i just want to say that i actually don't hate this game and the combat to me i do like the combat the combat is the best part of it i liked the combat i actually i it's just a shame that i felt like i was failing every time i got Mm -hmm. into combat and lacing the combat and characters together i like the amount of recruitable characters that you can get yeah, and I also like, I kind of like the row system where you're kind of advancing on the field instead mm-hmm. of just standing on two sides of it the whole time, mm-hmm. which I mean you are, but you're still moving like towards each other and that affects who can hit what and with what. Right, yeah. So I like that too. Did yeah. you know there's a secret recruitable character in the game? Mm-hmm. Who's the secret character? Spoilers. The minstrel. Oh yeah, I did. Oh, it, stupid minstrel. 
<laughs> apparently, I didn't do this, but apparently the minstrel shows up in every inn. Uh, he, he's kind of a party recruitment device. He's the one that can kick other people out of your party. Because you're too nice to Yeah, do you can be like, I want this weird reptile gone. <laughs> and he's like, I'll tell them for you. <laughs> but if you talk to him and let him tell you every story he has to tell, mm. he will join your party as long as you're not trying to fight the end boss. Okay. He will not join you for the end boss story. Can you not get rid of him or can you not get rid of characters anymore if you get him? I'm not sure. I okay. didn't get him. Because how would you get rid of anybody if there's not some... Maybe there's more minstrels. ...bad cop to they'll just have, get them... They'll just be yeah. that one last awkward conversation. Well, I have one more person I'd like you to get rid of for me. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold up a mirror. <laughs> when I first played this on the PS2, which was still like 15 years ago, I didn't really understand that you need to just go get a bunch of characters <laughs> as soon as you start and i remember starting as whatever character i did and then going and getting that exact same quest you were talking about when you, you wander into the police station and then i'm like okay i'll do this and i just wandered into the sewers and it was just me <laughs> and then everything was just like handing me my butt on a platter and I'm like, what, what, what is even happening? How do you win this game? Oh, you go and you walk around and you talk to people and you unlock the world and you put people in your party and yeah. And to talk more about that, let's go ahead and move into innovation. So Russ was talking about recruiting characters to unlock the world. Did you want to talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's weird. I like this game when I have a guide. Mm -hmm. And when I don't, I don't like it. And it's weird thinking about the game like that because I like when I have a guide that tells me how to do it. I like the fact that you, so the way you unlock the world, you unlock locations in the world, is you just travel around the world and you talk to people and some of them you can recruit and then those people you recruit will know about different places in the world. So there's and not, then you'll be able to travel to those places. There's not a world map as <clears throat> where you or an overworld map. Right. The entire game is basically quick travel system yes. and you unlock the destination. You have to know the place that you're going and you do that by either talking to like an NPC who says, Oh, there's a lake over here or whatever, and then you can go to the lake, or you recruit a new character who's from a different country than you are and then they know about different places than you do and then you can travel to those places yeah so early on there's <clears throat> kind of there's a system of hey go here to recruit these characters to learn about these mm -hmm. places then kick them out and recruit these people right it, it's essentially you're recruiting you mainly you can recruit all the characters you didn't pick and right. you learn their section of the world yes uh, which is a neat idea, I guess. I do like how it works in terms of, like, you walk into a village and you talk to some NPCs. You know which NPCs you can talk to because they're the ones standing still. Once they've <laughs> right. said something to then you, they, they wander walk off. around. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but they'll be like, monsters have been attacking that old outpost. And then a little thing shows up on the screen. You now know where the old outpost mm -hmm. is. Like, I like that. That makes yeah. sense to right. me. Like, a, it's a clever system, but if you don't have something telling you what to do, it can just be very... Well, you're supposed to talk to every NPC can in the be game, very Russ. Have you not played Trails games? <laughs> I have played Trails games. <laughs> so, staying at the inn has options. Yeah. 
because you want to cho- you can choose if you want to first of all you can, you don't need to recover health because it recovers after right. each battle so you can choose to pay a little more and recover weapon durability or yeah. pay a little more than that and recover lp i believe there's like three different there are that's an example it's funny you bring up the ends because that's an example of how this game kind of overdoes it i feel like there's there are often too many options in this game um when it comes to ends when it comes to shops there's not just like a weapon shop in each town oh no the weapon shops are affiliated with a particular brand yeah there are there are like three different mercantile guilds or whatever and as you buy equipment from this shop you increase the rank of this guild and then you can buy better equipment in some shop or some towns have like five different weapon shops and they each have different stock and it's like it makes the world feel more real and more lived in but it's not convenient yeah there's a lot going on here i mean proficiencies right yeah yes proficiencies are actions that you can perform outside of combat which by the way the game if i'm remembering correctly doesn't give you like any indication how to actually do that how to actually set those up or use them or there's some how-to guides but they're not super helpful but i'm talking i'm talking about in the game there's no tutorial no there are tutorial menus you talk to the little kids oh i hate those kids i hate those (laughs) stupid kids the kids that give you the map yes oh i hate those kids i want to punch them all in the face they're the ones who also teach you how to use proficiencies and equip them and all, all that stuff yeah and then you have to talk to them so they give you a map of the town or whatever yeah i hated them i would talk to them <laughs> once and then i would be like well that's why you thought there was no in-game tutorial go die in a ditch those kids are the in-game tutorial stupid little orphan uh so there are actions you can perform outside of combat under appropriate situations like jumping across a gap right. in a dungeon or digging up treasure, checking for traps. You can disarm traps. You yep. can, yeah, you can find hidden treasure. Uh, you can stealth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. You use gems, which is the secondary currency of this game, in order to buy proficiencies. Again, a secondary currency. Yeah. Why do we need two currencies? You level up the proficiencies by spending gems to level up your job. Oh, that's right. There's job classes (laughs) in this game, too. In order to level up proficiencies, you buy ranks in jobs. Because each job rank comes with three different proficiencies associated with that job. I was a pirate, but I could have bought ranks in merchant. And that would have leveled up proficiencies that would be... And it's not just proficiencies. There's also like it's magic like classes. Magic classes and weapons yeah. and things like that are tied. And then there are like advanced jobs that you can get by leveling up your jobs, specific to base yeah. jobs. It's and I'm sorry, but this game loses points for not having a cute outfit for, for each jobs. job. Yeah. Why would I want to? <laughs> why would I want to change out of my swashbuckling? Yeah, dog? or like I want to be a dancer. Why am I still wearing this? You Russ, know. follow your dreams, man. <laughs> if that's I want to put on want, a dancer's costume, okay? I will support you. I want to put on Jessica's dancer's outfit from Dragon Quest VIII. That's what I want. Oh, my. Let's just think about that for a minute. <laughs> so we, do- we talked about recruiting other party members. It's fun. There's in- It's interesting because there's nameless characters that you can recruit, and then right. there are named characters mm-hmm. that you can recruit. So you go into the taverns in town, which is where all the character recruitment happens. 
And you never know who's going to be there because the named characters travel around. Yeah. Mm. That can be really frustrating if you're, you're trying to get someone in particular and there's like three or four different towns they can be in and you just have to travel back and forth. That's, that's coming up in another game we're going to talk about. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or you walk in and you're just like, I am a barbarian. All right, barbarian, join my group until I find somebody better. Yeah, I never understood the nameless characters because you can... I mean, if you put the time into it, I guess you can recruit all of the regular, like the stronger named, named characters. characters like are always better. Two thirds of them are available to you right at the beginning of the game by just walking around to different bars, like real life. And then the nameless characters—they actually go away once you reach a certain like point in that time. The way time passes, eventually they'll go away. Just like real life. Just, just like real life. <laughs> all the nameless ones go away. Yeah. I'm wondering if the reason there is a secondary currency is because they didn't want monsters dropping gold. Because monsters drop the gems, which is the secondary currency. Mm -hmm. You get gold almost exclusively through completing quests. It's another one of those things that maybe it adds a sense of realism to the game, but I would take the convenience of just monsters having gold on them. Now, I think I heard, again, we played the PlayStation 2 version, but I think in the original SNES version, no, I am thinking of an entirely different game, and I'm just going to cut that. Is it a better one? It's Seventh Saga. (laughs) I mean, marginally, I guess. (laughs) Just cut it out and put it in the Seventh Saga review. (laughs) We're almost out of innovations here. Does anybody have any other interesting aspects of the game to discuss? Chris is shaking his head no as hard as he can. I mean... This is just a very... Saga games in general are just really different. There's really different There's from a so lot of There's so much going on in RPGs. this game. Yeah. It's too... It really is too much. The, the number of weapons and equipment and items and the different merchants and the jewels and all the points, it's a lot to manage. A lot to manage. Yeah. It's a lot to manage, and it's just not fun. And none of the other Saga games, I feel like, have this much going on. God, I hope not. Like, a lot of Saga games have a lot going on, but not as much as this. So let's go ahead and move into the most important topic of all. Mm -hmm. The music. Oh. Okay, so yeah, the music in Romancing Saga. So this is an interesting one because this is the third soundtrack uh, that was worked on by Kenji Ito, who is the composer for all three of the Romancing Sagas and one of the original sagas, that is to say, Final Fantasy Legend 2. Um, besides Uematsu, he, he worked on the bulk of that soundtrack. kind of took over because Uematsu did all of the first saga. That's interesting because I remember no music from this game, and I can remember every single track from Final Fantasy Legend slash Saga 2. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this was, again, this is interesting because, you know, he kind of took over for Uematsu for the remainder of like Legend 2 and then did Final Fantasy Adventure which I would argue is a great soundtrack mm-hmm. it's the original Sea Candence. I can I can hear that soundtrack yeah, in my head yeah, exactly whenever I want Exactly he uh, he composed that and then he went to this which to me kind of sounds like a uh, like a Game Boy soundtrack but on Super Nintendo like a port or all almost mm-hmm. 
because like the music is very good you know it's kind of like a solid seven out of ten throughout uh but it hardly anything in it stands out except for one thing which i'll get to but um yeah i you know my my unkind version of talking about this soundtrack is that it's basically like we've got final fantasy at home <laughs> and this is final <laughs> final fantasy at home uh but i mean it was his third gig and right after completing college so it's like he was a, a young upstart at this point i think he was like 24 years old when this game came out so yeah uh that makes me feel sad about my life thank you <laughs> yeah. And, at, you know, I think that, you know, having heard Romancing Saga 2 and 3 a lot more since those have been more available, you know, he really, he jumped up, like, the, the skills, like, a lot uh, going forward from here. So this is, like, I would call it a good start. Um, so it's just, it's RPG music, man. Mm-hmm. It's got strings. It's got horns. It's got that octave bass that goes, you know, does it have that swing? I don't know. Because it ain't got a thing. Mm. <laughs> if it ain't got. Yeah, that's true. That was hilarious. That's why I'm saying that was hilarious. It's the only <laughs> Rather than joke laughing. I have. Right. So the thing about that, though, is that based on how this game kind of plays out, it's like, at least for average people who don't, who like go in and think that you're supposed to like fight battles and stuff, you know, the suckers. Um, mm-hmm. This game has like two flavors. One is not battle theme, and the other is battle theme. <laughs> so you will hear the regular... There's only 30 tracks in this whole game, which is... So, that's kind of average for, like, a, a not Final Fantasy RPG on the... You know, and not that caliber on the Super Nintendo. Uh, you know, Seven Saga has 30 songs, too. But it's like, yeah, it might as well just have two. <laughs> because yeah. you will hear that battle theme so many times in this game, and just, like... And it, every time is with a hint of failure because you've advanced the clock. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, and battles are fairly quick, so you don't even really hear the full. Well, it, it can be, I guess. Some of them are. They really pile on the monsters. So, uh, but yeah, it's you're gonna come away with this from this game probably only remembering the battle theme, and it's a good battle theme, so that's nice. Uh, there is a second battle theme. I've never seen it in the game. Apparently, it's. A boss battle way later <laughs> might even be the end game <laughs> yeah i believe the end boss has a new a different theme yeah it's real good too uh but yeah apart from that just like the music in this game i i would just call it like it's it's just this nice flat seven out of ten i'm playing an rpg if i run into any more battles i'm probably throwing on a cd <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that let's go ahead and move on to our final thoughts and put this whole thing behind us you want to go ahead (laughs) it's difficult for me to give this game like a score because like i've already said in this review if i'm playing this game with a guide it is a very different experience than if i am not playing this game with a guide so i'm overall i like the game i'm gonna just err on the side of i do like the game because i do like the saga series and i do like the weird and different things that it does but i'm right on the fence of i do like the game and the main reason why is because of all of the excess that it has in terms of all of the different points all of the different equipment that you won't even be using it's just it's too much 
it is just too much with a capital T and a capital M <laughs> in every area. The The battle system is fun, but running around and exploring the world is not as much fun as they want it to be. And leveling up the three different merchant guilds so that you can buy decent equipment in the late game is absolutely not fun so i'm just i'm just on the side of good game i think by the nature of the fact that it's the first one that i just couldn't finish mm-hmm. that i have to give the game an f i feel like if it's too bad for me to finish i can't give it That's and i fair. kind of want to give it a higher score because i do appreciate that they tried a lot of new things I really do. Uh, I like it when people try to break the norms and come at things from a different angle, but I could not enjoy playing the game. And for me, it comes down to the two main points that I made. Uh, I've said a thousand times, and I'll say a thousand more times, I generally am playing games for story. To me, it's just a different version of watching a movie. It's an interactive version, but that's what I'm here for, that experience by and large. There's not a main story. There's not a main quest line, so if you get lost, you just stay lost in terms of where to go next and what to do. Mm -hmm. You just keep stumbling around until somebody gives you a quest, and you have to hide from battle as much as possible to avoid locking yourself out of content. It makes the whole thing a very nerve-wracking experience for me because I'm worried I will miss out on what tiny amount of story there is, which is in these side quests. So I do have to give it an F. I will not be playing this game ever again. It is on that list of games I never have to touch again. Will you be playing it in your nightmares? Well, but the thing is, I don't really bear malice towards it like I do with a lot of the ones that that I've really hated. I don't feel like it personally attacked me. I just couldn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I feel bad giving it an F, but I kind of feel like I have to because I could not finish playing it because... I wanted to experience joy in my life. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> um, so, Russ, if they want to play Romancing Saga 1, where can they play it? They can play it on PS2, or they can play it on Super Famicom, <laughs> 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 which are two readily available ways that they can play it. You know what we didn't go over? What did we not go over? Uh, who did you choose as your hero? I, oh, I said Hawk, the pirate. You did say Hawk. I have not been paying attention to anything that you have said for the entire <laughs> duration of this review. Who did you pick for your hero? I picked... This is a twofold story. Oh, good. Back when I played it in the day, I picked Claudia, uh, the girl who lives in the forest, and was incensed when I found out that the bear and the wolf that are her starting companions cannot be removed from the party Mm. until you do a later in the game quest. And I didn't like that. So this time I played as Aisha, the nomad girl. All right. So before we wrap this up, let's go ahead and do plugs. Cause I like the idea of plugging other media. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, Chris, I want you to be assured. We put your Twitch channel in the after credits of each and every episode. Oh, so you are now free. I'm not on. Well, <laughs> I should say the ones you're in. Oh, okay. You're not getting free airtime out of me, buddy. If you How want the credit, you? you show up. How <laughs> dare you? So, if I was the producer of this and not the talent, <laughs> you would be in every plugged Aww. in every episode. 
anytime you're here, you get free plugs uh, for your Twitter and your Twitch. So I'm going to start out by plugging a podcast that I really like. Uh, it's a lot of fun for me. It's called The Film Reroll. The premise of the podcast is they take movies, mostly successful movies that we've all seen or at least heard of, and they roleplay them using GURPS. So they gather around and they play characters from the movie. The character sheets are created based on the skills they show in the movie. And always, they say inevitably, it does. The, the story changes based on whether roles are successful or not. I'm sorry, what's a GURP? GURPS is a tabletop role-playing system. Mm-hmm. Um, so like D&D is a tabletop game. Sure. Uh, Pathfinder is a tabletop game. GURPS is more a method of playing games. It's meant to be generic. That's what the G stands for. Generic user role-playing system, something like that. It's a system that is meant for you to be able to apply to any setting, which is why they use it for all these movies. You have not answered my question in any way, shape, or form, (laughs) but I will just let you continue talking. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I like seeing these movies go into what could have been okay. had had this character been uh, worse at shooting a gun. What would have happened? They do interesting things like Memento. They played the game backwards, and they just had they had one player play the main character, but had no concept of what the person before them did. Mm. So they just woke up having no clue where they are. Here's the situation. What are you going to do? And it was really fun to see how the plot twisted and turned because they didn't have memories. So that, that's just, it's a podcast I really enjoy. I think it's a lot of fun. Fun. Russ, is there something you would like to plug? I mean, I forgot that we did this, so I don't really have anything off the top of my head. I, but what I do want to talk about, if I can, just for a minute, you have so much terror in your eyes looking at me right now. <laughs> You're just looking at me like, I can't tell you if you can or can't talk about it until I know what it is. And I'm just waiting. I just want to tell everyone that the Wordle for yesterday, for all of you out there that play Wordle. A year ago. What are you talking about? They'll be hearing this a year well, from Well, I know. I know okay. that this, yes. I'm just saying that at this point in history, in this point in time that we're recording this episode, the Wordle for yesterday, which I play Wordle love it but yesterday it was vivid and i like many people i think are just so angry i got it i actually made it in the six guesses but i am so angry that it was vivid because it is something playing wordle and guessing like three five letter words in a row and none of the letters are in those three words it caused me so much stress and anxiety for a Friday. It was it was really something. So Russ is plugging Wordle. I'm, pl- I'm plugging Wordle and just talking about how livid I am. I'm livid that the word was vivid, is what, I, is what I'm saying. Did you try livid to get to vivid? I am pretty sure that I did, probably. All right, Chris, what would you like to plug? Uh, I'm going to plug the Twitch channel Bonus Stage Vancouver, which is twitch.tv slash bonus stage van. Uh, they put on VGM concerts and like other nerdy type music uh, every month. They also do streams. Uh, it's run by a guy called Josh, who's a really cool guy. And uh, they recently had my band Super High Tops on there. And uh, we got to play in February. And so that that concert is available on that channel now. They're also on YouTube. But yeah, check them out, because I think more people should be listening to them. Look at that, a double plug, because yeah. yeah. Super High Tops got in there. 
Which is good. You should plug Super High Tops. Yeah, the Super Who High Tops. Who doesn't love a Toe Jam and Earl reference? Right, yeah. That is that is my band. We play funk video game music. Uh, so far, we've published a Toe Jam and Earl video and an Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons video, and we got more coming. Fantastic. Great. So we will see you guys next time when we're talking about Dragon Quest IV. Woo. Yay. Palette cleanser. <laughs> no kidding. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. On the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on YouTube at youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at russmac25. You can find Chris on Twitch at twitch.tv slash liarexaggerate or on Twitter at enrichflavor. Thank you for listening and remember to save your game before powering off this podcast. Thank God I can edit out pauses. It's what becomes... Can you also edit out this? (laughs) Yes. Okay.